My guest today is a purpose-driven leader committed to creating a positive impact in the world. Before the age of 30, he was a critical part of two technology startups that sold and IPO'd for more than $2.8 billion. Today, he leads HPA, one of the most active and successful early-stage venture investor groups in the country. He and his firm have partnered with hundreds of founders to help turn their dreams into reality, helping them scale their business from a startup idea to a global market leader. In the process, he has helped create billions of dollars of value, but more importantly, he has helped these founders manifest their purpose into incredible companies that are changing the world. His new book, Purpose First Entrepreneur, offers a lifetime of lessons and research into key principles that people can use to lead and live more purposefully, ultimately helping them capitalize on their purpose, turn it into a business, and manifest success and measurable outcomes in everyday life. Introducing Pete Wilkins. Welcome to Winning Streaks. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa, and every week I get deep into the stories and strategies of experts, champions, business moguls, and industry leaders to find out how you can win the day and win at life. If you're committed to never settling for the status quo and consistently challenging yourself to new heights, then this is the show for you. In return, I commit to bringing you insightful, practical, and no BS conversations that will help you create your next big win. Pete, welcome to the show. Uh, well, thank you. I, I love the intro. It makes me feel good about myself. And as you kind of go through today, everybody will realize how truly imperfect I am, but I'm pretty comfortable with that. Awesome. Well, that's a good place to start. First of all, congratulations on the book. Uh, I've been binging it and it's jam-packed with gems throughout. Now, the crux of this book really surrounds the topic of purpose, which I've said a few times already. First, finding it and then manifesting it into a business. But Pete, how did you find your purpose? How did you identify that? Uh, I found my purpose through trauma. Um, you know, I think that it was a search for meaning after I was brutally attacked, had my head smashed open with a club. I was hit <clears throat> helping a friend in a big melee fight um, and it shattered my skull, which was good because it crashed my skull, cracked my skull open so that the artery in my brain could push out the blood versus pushing down my brain. Um, and so that gave me enough time to get rushed to the hospital and you know them to go through surgeries to actually um, get me to a position where they thought you know thank god I was not going to die but that I was going to possibly and I don't even know if this is politically correct um, but be a vegetable meaning that I wasn't going to be able to function at all um, fortunately all of that um, actually didn't come to fruition and after a long journey you know, I was in a position where my life had completely changed. Um, previous, you know, probably 18 months before that, my father had passed away, who was my sole kind of parental um, leader in our family. My mom had died when I was 10. And so there was a lot of trauma going on at that moment in time. And also my identity completely changed. You know, I identified as a 
um, student athlete. I played football. I'd earned a scholarship as a walk-on. And so everything I knew was completely ripped away from me in a single moment. Um, and I was recovering from that and trying to gain a framework for what the world is all about was pretty difficult because everything that you were told didn't exist. Everything that you thought was fair was unfair. And all your beliefs about good and everything's done for a reason certainly was not adding up at a teenage perspective. Um, and so I was, I was in a, thrown into a position for searching for meaning which I think really kind of takes a crux, you know, through my life and my professional journey. And I apply that to what we do and how we do it. And I think that that's how the book orients itself is that constant quest for meaning. And I see how it plays out and why it's so important in everything we do professionally and personally. So, you know, I think that's a, I lived it. And like, even if you get to the afterward, you'll learn about something that has occurred that made me reclaim my purpose. So this is, you know, like I wrote a book and then it was like, you sure you believe that? And I am confident this book will help people orient around creating purpose in their life. Mm -hmm. And I want to pull a quote from that particular time uh, after you had that, you know, potentially life-threatening injury uh, at that point. Um, this is directly from the book you said, I decided to become present and mindful before I even knew what those terms meant because it was all I could do. It was the only control I possessed. What were your thoughts during that moment in time? And, you know, to me reading that, I was like, this is really rock bottom. Like this is really, this, this is rock bottom for Pete. And there could potentially be, you know, listeners of this podcast who really feel like they're at rock bottom and they are, they have no sense of purpose. So how did you get out of that? And how can the listeners of this podcast potentially do the same? Yeah. So it, it, it was rock bottom because you had no, like, I, there was despair. There was no hope. There was no beliefs that I think anchored. And I think that, you know, fundamentally, and we could talk a long time on that, that is rock bottom. And you see a lot of behavior that actually goes in a completely different direction as a result of that. Um, you know, I think that that what I speak to in this idea of mindfulness or being present or whatever you want to insert, I don't care what it is, but gauging that right now in this moment, how am I? And I think that the fundamental thing that I was calibrating around is at this moment, I am safe. I am alive and what has happened doesn't matter and what that, how that projects in the future doesn't matter. It's about this moment right now. And what do I need to do right now in this moment to get to the next moment? And, you know, I know that um, there's many people that develop programs around that, that it's moment by moment, step by step, day by day. And I, I can't tell, I use this all the time to calm my mind down, to think and be present about my circumstances today. And so going back to that, I was always telling myself, stop thinking about that. You are creating your own reality, stop that. You are right now, look at your hands, look at the room, look at what you have, this is where you are. You don't know where you're gonna be in the future, 
you certainly know where you're in the past. Now you just have to kind of take control. And so, it, and I, I can go into this. It is a, like, clearly I experienced something that I had no control. And I felt very um, pissed off. Like, you know, this is like, all this, it all happens for a reason stuff just didn't add up like you don't have your mom die and then your dad died and you almost die you, that isn't like there isn't some master plan to that um or maybe you know what I don't even want to debate that was what was in my head and so you know I, I don't even try to argue against people that believe that because I think those those are healthy beliefs in their own way but for me stop trying to find reason but to control what i can control and let go what i couldn't control was very orienting um meaning that i could really kind of ground myself in and i do that all the time to kind of get to a position throughout my life to allow me to take control of what i can control which i think is really powerful stuff yeah. so I, I, does that answer because we can dug in a little bit i think when people look at you know you're asking and i'll pause to let you respond but i will talk to through how i think our minds are cluttered with noise and how that noise is created and so like i think that i can like i can tell you that in business but i i think that if you put it in a perspective of life it's a little bit more power, powerful because I think people can orient, um, and I keep on using it, but you know, it can center on that that um, idea um, a little bit more handily. But it, it's a very applicable in a lot of different areas. So I'll pause and then I'll, I'll let you take the direction of, of the conversation. I've I've been fascinated by this topic of, of mindfulness recently, and um, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but this morning, actually, I'm, I'm in the process of completing a mindfulness certificate at the University of Toronto. Um, and, you know, studying top performers like the one in your background, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, um, you know, Will Smith, some of the the idols that, that I look up to, how they use mindfulness. Um, it's really an an increase of awareness. And Sam Harris, the neuroscientist, talks about this, where mindfulness is the ability to catch yourself in a thought and say, hey, that's a thought. And reading your book, I noticed many times the theme of how mindset applies to first, you know, actioning on your purpose, and then to, you know, then manifesting it into a business or throughout the entirety of a business cycle. Talk to me a little bit about that noise that you speak of and how to filter through that noise and all that self-doubt and all that, you know, self-deprecation throughout the challenges that you've gone through, which have, you know, certainly been traumatizing for some of them and, you know, running a business as well, where you can run into, into challenge after challenge after challenge. Yeah. So it, the book really hits on this idea of, um, decisions in chapter seven and i will tell you that you have a decade worth of experience infused with research as well as data that supports um, the principles that are created there but it anchors on this equation decisions um, raised to the power of purpose multiplied by action, ability, and circumstances. 
drives your performance towards a result. And so you fundamentally make a decision to have a goal that you perform against. I will, and I can apply that to almost any circumstance. And I say almost because I'm sure there's something somewhere that someone much more creative than I am will tell me this isn't applicable. So I put that as an asterisk because I realize that uh, I'm sure there's something I missed. But that was my challenge is how can I orient this to take this idea and make it practical that is incredibly complex and you know ranges from the idea of luck to religion to all of these things. So that said, great chapter to dig into the workbook complements to help you think through it. But I'm going to get to your question is that decisions ultimately are the driver of how we perform towards our goals. And if you believe that, then what you will have to look at is how can you make the best decisions? And so I will go into purpose first uh, mindset, which is really this idea of orienting around or focusing on the ability to be focused, aware, and have the right mindset. And so the thing that you'll see in a decision tree that I also kind of tease out is that you have to first be aware that you're making a decision. And I will tell you that the majority of your decisions, you're not aware. And even if you are aware subconsciously, you're probably being directed um, to make a decision that you're not even aware. So the idea to start getting present that you are making decisions, you are taking power of something that you hadn't had before that influences your ability to achieve your results. And in that, once you're at that position, you know, what is my desired outcome? Am I making a purposeful decision? Am I fundamentally looking at how that decision is resulting in an outcome? And am I looking at how can I improve that? But going back to your question around being present, the idea of meditation, which once again has a lot of different flavors, all of them are applicable if you develop a routine because it fundamentally orients you around those areas of what is important to me? What is my purpose? What are my values? What are my goals? And so when you create a routine in your life that allows you to be aware that you're making decisions, you are in a much better position to make a better decision. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that in and of itself, like I would say to give everybody a sense, like I believe this 100% and you you may, you know, elite athletes, you'll talk to elite leaders there. All of this will point to, if you want a pattern of better behavior, being aware that you're making decisions is going to help. So I think that that everybody would agree, but it's really hard. And so I would say, even though I'm super, super aware of this, I would say that I can probably be aware of my decisions 30% of the time. Like, I, so like <laughs> that is, that is just how difficult I think it is. Yeah. But, you know, I think that I caught, I, I catch myself and going back to the purpose first, you know, mindset and the zone is that if you orient around, Hey, here's my focus. So my focus usually is here's my goal. But at that same moment, you say, well, oh, there's all this new data coming into my head that now it's changing. Do I still stay focused or does this new data 
change my behavior of what I need to do. And that becomes like something that is really critical because you can't be flipping on a dime um, all the time. You got to be focused, but you can't be not aware of new information because you might get to your desired outcome much more quicker. Mm -hmm. And the other element is mindset. And so there is an element of mindset because you have to be properly aligned with your purpose. But I really dig into the mindset is, what is your cognitive bias, subconsciously, consciously? And the subconscious stuff will just be patternistic. But, you know, that is influencing this decision. And being mindful allows you to step back and think, is that a decision because of something that I saw when I was um, a five years into my career or 20 years into my career or one? And so being aware of that mindset, and I kind of detail that, if you can get that, you're in that zone. And like I said, like I think that I'm probably operating in a zone mentality probably 30% of the time. But if I don't have this routine, of practicing meditation and meditation, like different people try to focus on enlightenment. I kind of like look at it as like, I just got to be tuned up so that I can be present and aware and mindful in my decision-making and my decision-making. If I have purpose infused with it, with my purpose pillars of values, that I'm going to make good decisions in a business environment and a personal environment that fundamentally will result in who I want to be. You're using your meditation to drive yourself further towards your purpose or align yourself with um, your, pur- actually, Pete, good question to ask. What is your purpose? Like, how would you define your personal purpose? I believe that my ultimate purpose is to be a, a purpose-driven leader that fundamentally allows other leaders and people that want to lead their life to infuse purpose into their life to create better businesses and better lives like i am doing exactly surprisingly like i am doing exactly what i think you know and it goes back to those things i think that reflecting on what i have done successfully over my life um and what i do well and what i am strong at with against what i am um 100 passionate about um, and the impact I have, like, that's a perfect intersection of what I am doing. And I will, like, I think this is important. Like, I am all into making money. Like, I think <laughs> that, like, I, seriously, I think that some people are, they disconnect with that good comes from, um, it has to have no value in exchange. But I think that there is, for everybody out there, you do a lot of good by driving economies through the creation of jobs and businesses. And I think that becomes really powerful. But you can see even in my work, like I'm really balanced in that. Everything that, you know, in this series, the workbook's free. You can go to purposefirstentrepreneur.com or for those that can't spell entrepreneur, just purposefirst.com and get the workbook. Um, you'll see that the Kindle version, you know, is a less than a cup of coffee um, to download. And so I want to spread this like wildfire, but I, going to like people, and if you look at the quotes that I have with these entrepreneurs um, that recently achieved unicorn status, 
Like if you look at the job creation that they have achieved, something to nothing, and you look at the purpose that they're empowering their clients, like I love it. It's, it's exponential. So I'm a business guy, but I'm purpose driven. And that is fundamentally, I'm doing exactly uh, what I believe I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. And you've found that, Pete. Now you know what you were meant to do. I'd like to give, you know, the listeners of Winning Streaks the formula for discovering what their purpose is. And, you know, whether they want to turn it into a business or not is up to them. But what is the formula or what are the steps that they can take to finding their purpose and, you know, clearly, clearly defining it? I think that there's two ways that I think to know. I think for those that are discovering it, I'm going to take you through that. Um, I think the second thing is it can find you. And so don't discount that. Like there's not like there's this perfection in you're the originator of your purpose. So like be aware, kind of like I was saying, like you might be too focused that it might just actually, there was a synchronicity in the universe that it finds you. That's the case, own it, live it, love it. Um, So I think that with regards to discovering your purpose, I think it's that greater calling that gets you out of bed, that, you know, wakes you up in the middle of the night, that gets you up after you get knocked down. That's kind of what you're trying to look for. And there's three elements that I think, and this is, um, there's a lot of different flavors of this, but in, when I say flavors, there's this information about finding your purpose is not going to be uh, the secret formula of how we're gonna get to Mars and a rocket in less than (laughs) a period of time. So like this is repeatable. But the three things you look at is what are you good at? What are you strong at? What do you love? Um, and what will make the world better? And so I think those are three things. And I detail in the book and a lot more that open up questions to get answers to that. The workbook helps chronicle that. So you start to capture that as an inventory. And so that is and I'll go through that in a second, but I think that that sits on the foundation of purpose pillars. And those purpose pillars, I think are critical to your journey of your evolving purpose. Cause your purpose is likely not gonna be the same in your twenties as it is in your thirties, as it is in your forties and or in your fifties. It may be, it may not be, but I think it's that, I think that it evolves. Your purpose pillars, are kind of your your core values. So honor, love, wellness, goodness. And in like I am saying, you can create a different pillar. You don't have to own those pillars, but I think that through a lot of analysis, you'll see how those things are built. And I think that looking at your pillars, you know, what is my honor code? How do I live? Is really important. Uh, that will ground you in what you do and what you're gonna like to do. Love is not the necessarily the emotion of physical connection in a long-term relationship. I would not be the person to write a book about that. <laughs> but in seriousness, it is a relationships are critical to our success as human beings and understanding that and all facets is important. Wellness 
is both wellness physically, mentally, but emotionally. And that is something that has an enormous impact in, in your purpose as well. And then goodness, the fun element of creating value beyond yourself in the way that you're in, in a position to do so. So those are values that I call the purpose pillars that kind of go in conjunction with purpose. But going to purpose, let me pause because I, I is clearly like I am passionate about all of this. Should I continue or do you have you want me to double click on anything? Please continue. I, I like the track that we're going on. All right, great. Um, so with regards to what you love, I really help peel back exactly what that is, what your passions are, what's motivating you. And I try to be provocative in some degree to help you extract what that truly is and kind of orienting yourself around that. Having that, then you really match up, and I, and I speak to this, um, is matching that with something that you have a strength in. And the reason that that is my philosophy is you can love something to die. Um, doesn't mean you're going to be able to be successful at it, unfortunately. And I got a bunch of different kind of analogies, but I'll speak to something that I uh, personally, to give you a sense, is I was a college football player. So I, I achieved some ability that would be, you know, you're at a certain percentage greater than the others that have participated. And, you know, I had certainly the abilities to do things that other athletes didn't, and I didn't have abilities that some great athletes did. Um, I will tell you that my purpose was out of the roof. Like I would like die to play professional football. Um, but the reality of it is that my natural abilities did not measure up with the abilities to play professional football. And the, no matter how much purpose and how much motivation, it would never get me to that level. And so like that becomes a reality. The other thing is I talk about is circumstances. If I had those abilities, um, you know, I got clubbed in the head, which completely ended my career. Um, and so no matter what my abilities or, or how my decisions were made to train or how much I would fight through anything that I would, that I would need to fight through to overcome, that circumstance uncontrollable changed my whole reality. And so coming back to what I was saying, finding something you love that you're good at is kind of the core element. And, and I think that if you go through and look at what your strengths are, they also evolve. And I speak to that. And so the final element is you're, you're um, looking at this is that if you have something that connects that makes the world better then it will help be a driver that not only will drive you because you'll get to a point like oh i'm just being selfish which is usually not the case but you can then point to the fact that you're creating greater good and i think that that is a uh, a win behind your purpose back um, that drives those things and so i i spend a fair amount of time to provide some soft, like 
open thinking, but also a little punch in the face. Like it's just because you want it doesn't mean you get it. Um, and so trying to orient yourself around that, I think is important. The, the thing that I think with purpose there is, you know, I was saying, you know, going back to the performance, purpose versus performance equation that I talk about in chapter seven, the idea, those things change, right? What I love and what I'm good at and right. what I think will make the world. So that's why purpose evolves. Um, and that's okay. That is 100% okay. Still going to be probably anchored on your purpose pillars, which I talked about. And I think that creates the foundation. If you have those, you have the opportunity to enjoy incredible success with people that you brought along. But when you have incredible failures, um, same case scenario, like you have those same people that you brought around to help pick you up, dust you off and get you on your way, which you'll always need. So that those are the, the three things. Find what you love, find what you're good at and what will make the world better. Let's say I find my purpose, right? Let's say I define it and then I create a business that's oriented around it or I, I start doing work or join a company that's oriented around it. And then all of a sudden a year later, I'm like, you know what? Like my purpose is different. It has evolved. Do I then just, you know, essentially let it fail? Like, do I let the business fail? Do I leave my job? You know, so on and so forth. Or what? is your mindset around once your purpose starts to evolve, how to manage that? Sure. So I think that you have to look at what your goals were. Um, and I think you're evolving those goals over time. And I think that if you wanted, like, I need an answer to this, because I think I can give you a philosophical answer, but what I tried to do, which is my nature, is I needed a pragmatic way to look at it. And so I think that if you write down what your outcome was at that company, at that you know, startup, and it's probably gonna be multiple you know, goals and look at, and they have to be not only like, I need a hundred million in ARR revenue for my startup. Like, and that, and, and that should be one. But it also is that I'm a, I am solving this business problem that is directly aligned with my purpose. And if I am doing that, you know, how does that, how do I measure that? And then I am creating a community or a culture that is empowered to bring this, manifest this in the world. So let's just say those are my three. I got a hundred million ARR goal. I have a deep, belief that I am driving purpose into my customers and helping them solve a pain or a need and that I'm creating a culture that will manifest itself better in the world as a result. Mm -hmm. And I look at that and I say, and this goes back to, I have this results formula, which is real simple. Like how does my performance equal to my goal and where am I falling? And traditionally, uh, most people don't fall like 100% success or 100% failure, but you have to look at that and say, what, where am I? So measure the goal to where you're performing and then look at the performance equation and say, where, which variable isn't working. And I think that helps you really define where is it. And I think that's something 
a lot of times people look at, they may look like internally, I'm not doing it or I'm not cut out. That's usually a really easy way to drop. Or somebody's moving my cheeks. You know, they're <laughs> just, that leader just didn't do it. And I don't believe them anymore. And I think that that could be the case. But I think if you look at all the different variables and I talk about them, um, I think then you get to make the decision. Is my purpose changing or is my performance not achieving it? And so the results I'm getting not giving me the feedback loop of success. So I stop. But like, I think that this equation makes you kind of think about it in a less you know, binary way to really kind of tap in what are the changes I need to make. And I think that it is, I am so excited because I do feel that the question you just asked in the leaders that I have talked to, it's not one thing. It's a host, these different variables that are moving in different um, speeds in reality to get to that. And I think that like the one thing in chapter eight, I talk about circumstances. Mm -hmm. I think circumstances have probably a bigger impact on how things are actually, how you're actually performing than your performance in and of itself. But, you know, sometimes, and this is what I'll talk about, like it, it's, it's probably something with you because you're making the decision. So like ultimately you are responsible for whatever wherever you are. Yeah in those elements um even though circumstances change yeah throughout the book and at one specific point you talk about you know when you're a purpose-driven entrepreneur you're really you know you're working hard to progress towards that um and the way you frame work-life balance is a little bit different than traditionally thought of um can you talk about have you reframed work-life balance and uh, what you feel it means to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it all is oriented around, I'm going to have to get to a thesaurus on that word because I'm clearly <laughs> going back to it over and over, but um, <laughs> it, 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 it's grounded in the purpose pillars. And I think that creating a routine that you know what is core to your honor, to your wellness, to your goodness, and to the relationships that are important to you. Um, so the pillar of love. I look at that and say, am I nurturing all the things that I'm important to in some way over a period of time? And I think that those flex up and flex down and their needs to manage. And I think that managing those elements that you are nurturing them to ensure that they are strong is critical to that work-life balance. But it doesn't mean there's a recipe that in a work week of seven day or five days that you have to operate like that. And let's just even talk like a work week, like is it seven days? Or is it five days or three days? It doesn't four day work week. Like, yeah, it could be one day. If you yeah. choose that I'm going to work one day and I can get done what I need to do to do these elements mm -hmm. and six days are devoted to these other things, but you have to really assess, am I nurturing them over time? And I, and I think that's what I speak to is that I think it's fluid. 
and it's a management of my priorities and how do I infuse those to make sure that I'm nurturing them and achieving what I want to do. Yeah, the the way that we look at work-life balance is certainly changing, I think, especially with remote work. Um, and, you know, another piece that that's changing along with that is this idea of sacrifice, right? Well, like when it comes to start like a startup or even like a side hustle, for example, I do this podcast in my free time, right? Uh, but that generally means that you need to sacrifice time away from your family and sacrifice, you know, time away from your significant others. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say, quoting Elon Musk, you know, you, you can't really get far without sacrifice. Do you believe in that uh, notion? Um, you know, how do you, how do you frame your mind around having to sacrifice these other things that you maybe care about for building a business or building a side hustle or even, you know, really doing crushing it at your job? I think that we look at characters like Elon Musk and create a um, persona of what we should be because we want to achieve that. But I think that you have to look at Elon Musk and just ask yourself, is that the life that you want to live? And do your circumstances put you in a position to achieve success at such an extraordinary level that you're willing to sacrifice what he may have sacrificed, which I don't know. Like, I, like, I don't know Elon Musk. I think it is a personal decision about sacrifice. I do believe you have to sacrifice because you have to make choices about what your priorities are and what your priorities aren't. Mm -hmm. And I think that that goes back to being mindful. If you're present in those relationships and that is where your priority is and you believe you are spending time to nurture that relationship in a truthful way, then that is fair. You, you, you are a big boy and a big girl and you've got to make decisions on where your priorities are, but they are, not, they are not set out in front of you that you can just do a pie chart of how you're going to approach it every day. And so I think that that is fundamentally what I talk about in work. Like my, everything's fluid, but I try to make sure that I'm spending time mm-hmm. on what's important to me to be my best self. And my best self, I think, will fundamentally give me the things that I want, which I know are based on those pillars. And I think success will manifest itself in that way. And I think that's a little bit is like, you got to define your success, doing your best and know that you can't judge yourself on Elon Musk. I mean, is Elon Musk better than, you know, Bill Gates or you pick whoever, you know, multi-billionaire is, you know, and I think that fundamentally those that's important to how do you get to where you want to be it's a personal decision and there is no formula for it but i will never back away that you have to find out what success is for you based on your purpose pillars and work at it and that means you're going to have to change things let me and i want this is something i wanted to say earlier continuous continue to strive of how do you um, like lines, like a great, you know, software engineer, like the, they say, which I am not, but like the masters of coding write three lines and the, the typical engineer might write 30. Um, so less is more like that is a little bit what I try to drive to is like, 
the more you know what is purposeful in your life, and I think if you can align your vocation with that, which is a majority of your time and where you're able to create the economics to provide a lifestyle, the more that's aligned, the less things you have to do outside of it to align it. And so finding that alignment helps you provide the opportunity to engage that. So let's just say like you infuse your significant other into your career, which could be a disaster. It could be a beautiful way to, to create synergy. Those are all things that as a um, purpose first individual, thinking through um, strategically is important. And I really, I spend a fair amount of time talking about this in the, in the chapters and i think that the book and you could put entrepreneur but it, like this is applicable to any career i believe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i will be sure to to link the book in the show notes i can personally attest to the fact that um it's helped with my personal clarity and, and what i'm working towards um but with that being said uh, and the theme of this podcast again directly or paraphrasing a little bit from your book uh one of your lines is how can you get more wins and experience fewer failures? You have to define purpose or rather purposeful living. What are maybe three tips that you would say my listeners can take away to live with more purpose or live more purposefully? Number one, set up your purpose pillars and create a quick statement of what that means to you. What does it mean? What is your personal honor code? What do relationships bring to your life? What does, mean, what does it mean to live well, emotionally, physically, mentally? And what is bringing some sort of goodness mean to you? And make it simple, but just make it like, I can do this tomorrow. If you can always build it, but people usually set that too high. So set that, this is what it looks like to me. Then the next thing I would do is establish a routine. A routine of checking on those pillars statements and say to yourself, what am I going to do in the next three weeks to make sure that I nurture them? So a routine and different people will do it in different ways. So that could be you could do it every day or every week, three weeks, you should at least be have done something in some way to nurture them. And then the third thing that I would do is evaluate how to work out. Did you get them done? Did you not get them done? Why not? And say, did I really want to get them done? And if the answer is yes, then you better take a look at why you didn't get it done because you're never going to achieve what you want to achieve long-term because you just acknowledge that you failed. The, those are the three things. Set up your purpose pillars, set up a statement, set up a routine, and then evaluate that. Before we sorry, move on really quickly, can you give an example of what one of those, you know, pillar statements might look like, um, just so listeners have a better idea of how they can, you know, be more precise with what they're stating? I, so I certainly do in the book, that will help you kind of tease that out. And the same thing in the workbook, I provide examples to give you a sense of what that is. So off the top of my head, um, I will just kind of cite what my personal honor code um, is for me. So, and, and this is something very simple. It's respect, integrity, and do my best and applying that to how I live. And that becomes, you know, a very 
uh, broad statement, but when I look at respect, you know, the first person that I got to respect is myself. And then I look at how do I make decisions in that regard? Then I look at how do I respect others that I don't care who it is and where they are. Do I show them the respect as a human being that they have? And do I operate in that fashion? And, and I, you know, and I look at that and I think that candor is really important. So respect doesn't mean that I have to do anything, but make sure that I am thoughtful and kind in the information that I provide to them and treat them like a human being that has the same rights and respect that I do. From integrity, that is a core element of just it. If I say what I, if I, if I say something, I will do it. And I think that there is an element of oriented or being focused on that principle because almost everything that I believe is important to representing yourself comes back to integrity. So do I do that, even though it may be difficult or that maybe nobody will see because I do it without any spotlight? Do I operate? And that provides consistency and you know who I am as a result of that. And then do I do my best? And so that would be in any task that I do, do I give it the effort that it deserves? And not all tasks need the same amount of effort. So that is a question. But once I determine how much effort do I give it that, and that doesn't matter what task it is. And so like I can apply that to any stakeholder. And so I often will just reflect have I honored my, you know, RID, as my family calls it, respect, integrity, and do your best? Have I done that in the way that I've represented myself? And I'll just simply reflect on that. So that gives one example. You can clearly, you can have quantifiable elements as well. Your honor code, which I think is something good to just simply revisit. Are you operating that way? Because you'll come back to it and you'll be in decisions like, I could cheat or I could do it this way. And, you know, I think that you can reflect on that and, you know, in that three week time frame, like, all right, well, maybe I'll change that. Or, you know what, cheating was okay in that regard. And so like that, and sometimes that should happen to me. So like, it's not always black and white. I think that human beings, but having that anchor to be reflecting on it is an example. Is that helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very helpful. Anything else that you would add to that? To my... To respect you, or you, you were saying something originally and I and I had interrupted you so I wanted to see if there's anything else you were going to add at the at the end there uh when we were discussing um you know the three steps uh to yeah I think where I, the thing that I might have was just saying is you know you look for simplicity in a sense of you know what can you do within the time frame you have in a day and a week and so forth so I think that the more you can reduce the strokes and have um, fewer strokes and the things you do, that's important. I think that understanding those pillars is important. And then the routines, I think that routines will bring, like you were talking about great athletes, like that, that is a routine. What routines need to be daily? What routines need to be weekly? What do they need to be a recap? Those are all some really good tips to put your purpose to work. Love it. This has been absolutely phenomenal, Pete. Again, I'll be sure to link the book and the workbook uh, in the show notes. Uh, but Pete, otherwise, where can people find you, interact with you, um, and potentially connect with you? So go to purposefirstentrepreneur.com, uh, sign up 
for the book. Um, once you get the workbook, um, or I guess sign up for the workbook at the bare minimum, it is no cost. In that, um, once you open it in the back, there's also a newsletter button that you can click on and it'll put you on a newsletter. Um, so you can have a newsletter when we start rolling that out. You can connect with me or follow me on LinkedIn. That is my most active social channel. More channels will become active as Purpose First rolls out. Um, but that's what I would recommend. Go to purposefirstentrepreneur.com, download the workbook, get in the newsletter, and follow me on LinkedIn. Love it. Before we sign off, Pete, what is one final piece of advice you would give to my listeners to help them achieve their next big win? Believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself because it's an imperfect journey, but Big purpose creates big opportunities, and it doesn't matter if you succeed or fail, Fail, at least you tried, and that is success in and of itself if you turn that into a pattern of evaluating what is meaningful to you. So love who you are, love what you do, be purpose first. Pete, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, Winning Streaks. To my listeners, thank you for checking out another episode, and we hope to see you next time on the next episode of Winning Streaks. Thanks again, Pete. Absolutely. My pleasure. Keep on winning.